What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Jonah Kagan over Zoom video. Jonah was born in Maryland, but he was raised in Savannah, Georgia. Moved there when he was like three years old. Uh, and he talks about how he got into music. His grandfather really introduced him to music. His grandfather was a drummer, a trumpet player. Uh, his dad, also very musical, played piano. His mom, very musical as well. But Jonah talks about when he got his first guitar. But he didn't really get serious about songwriting until he was in college. Actually played a lot of soccer, went to college for soccer, played D1 soccer. And when COVID kind of shut everything down... Jonah really started to write songs, and that's when he eventually put up his song called Broken, and it went wild on TikTok. It now has nearly 60 million streams on Spotify. He talked about that moment. He talks to us about putting out his first EP, Georgia Got Colder, and we talk a lot about his new EP called The Roads, and he even hints at a new album a debut album coming out in 2024. You can watch the interview with Jonah on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Jonah Kagan. Sweet. Well, I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music. And uh, we'll talk about the the record you released. I think what like a couple of days ago on Friday. Yeah, man, a few days ago. Amazing. Well, uh, I always start off uh, born and raised uh, from Savannah, Georgia. Is that what I saw? Yes, sir. That is correct. I'm from, uh, I wasn't born there though. I was born actually in, uh, Maryland. Um, oh. little, known, little known fact, but I moved when I was really young. Uh, like when I was maybe three years old to Savannah. So that's all I really knew. Okay. Yeah. 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 So Maryland to Savannah. And, uh, what was it like growing up there in uh, Savannah, Georgia? Oh, it's amazing. Man. I, Savannah is like, an unfair place to grow up in because everyone's so kind and it's such a gorgeous historical city so the sure. bar is kind of very high when you go anywhere else um, but there's also just an amazing music scene there and everybody wants to talk to you when you're there there's good food <laughs> you know um it was it was a really cool i was also obsessed with still am um like ghost stories and uh, oh yeah sort same of here man is that a big spot stuff? for it Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was voted oh. most haunted city in the world uh, a few times. Damn, I didn't even realize that. Or not in the world, in the country. But either way, um, yeah. There's so much history, and I just I grew up loving that stuff, so I was spoiled for sure. Yeah, you ever see a ghost? Like where you go? Did you guys go out and like chase them? I as wish, a kid? man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I I never got to uh, never got to see one. Unfortunately, I still <laughs> still waiting for it. Oh, that's cool though. Oh, we have a we have a visitor. <laughs> oh, hello, puppy. Hello. He's so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. You're interrupting your. <laughs> that's okay. 
<laughs> are you like in a hotel or something? No, I'm right? I'm just outside my apartment. Sorry. That oh, was, that's uh, amazing. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, my do- I just I just shut my door and my little dog can't come in here just because yeah, my he well exactly my dog is 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 upstairs somewhere. Uh, oh, okay. But, <laughs> right. But, um, we we had a visitor anyway. So. That's amazing. Um. Yeah, I've been to Savannah before. Uh, there's a baseball team there, right? A minor league team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got Cardinals, I, I think. Or is it? The I don't Cardinals? remember what they're called. What well, they used to be the Sand Nats. I know there was a Savannah Sand Nats. I don't know if that's what they still are, but I know like there isn't. Aren't they big on TikTok or something? Don't they do some? Oh, like- I don't know. I went there. I was super young. Like, yeah. uh, my my parents like we were doing like a little East Coast thing and. Uh, we went and saw a game there, and I still have like this was like I don't know early '90s, like the um like the program, and like some of the guys oh, yeah. signed it. And I nice. remember my dad and I were looking through it like I don't know ten years ago to see if any of the guys' names popped up, you know, That's and so didn't funny. recognize anybody. But uh, That's all right. That's yeah, all right. but. That's the one thing I do remember about being in Savannah. I want to say that they were like the car. There was some bird. I want to say, but I don't, yeah, I have uh, no idea. It's always something like that. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, um, a sand gnat is a small, small bird. If you think about it. So that is a, if you might be, we might be saying the same thing. You yeah. Know I mean? Maybe it was a sand gnat. I, I yeah, maybe. cannot remember. <laughs> um, that's so funny. But uh, how did you get into music? I saw like your grandfather was a musician, correct? Yeah, he was. He was, um, well, he still is, but he played with some unbelievable musicians growing up, but he was in this sort of jazz rock band that got pretty popular at the time, um, especially locally. Uh, but he played with a guy named Danny Gatton, who's one of the greatest guitarists who has ever lived. Um, and when Danny was like 15 and um, he used to show me videos of him uh, just playing and all the crazy stuff that he could do. And he used to try to tell me like, how far Danny could stretch his fingers on the fretboard. And then I would try to do that. And there's just, yeah, he was, he was the first person that introduced me to the world of music for sure. What did he play guitar? Is he a guitar player? No, no, he, he was a drummer. Um, he's a drummer and a singer and, uh, he plays a trumpet as well. Oh, amazing. What about your parents? Uh, anyone musical? Was it really just? Yeah, my, my everybody in my family, except my sister, um, is <laughs> is very musical. My my mom kind of it's my mom's dad who mm-hmm. the grandfather that got me into it. Um, so it's kind of in her blood. She's got a good sense of rhythm and everything like that. But she doesn't. She never sat down and learned an instrument. But she she is musical. And then my dad uh, is a really talented pianist uh, oh, cool. and a drummer as well so it's it's um yeah we in the blood music yeah definitely uh, and where did you start out was it on guitar through guitar grandfather oh, okay yeah oh yeah no but it wasn't through my grandfather i mean it was I, he was definitely the person that introduced me to that world but um i just thought guitar was so cool and i wanted to learn how to play stairway to heaven that was the kind of <laughs> okay. impetus for me oh, starting sure. And then once I did that, I was like, all right, well, I've got to do something else. And then, you know, yeah, carried, carried with that. Uh, How old were you when you started guitar? I think it was six, six or seven. Yeah. Six years old. Um, And I learned like a lot of, of just kind of, uh, it was like jazz stuff. And I started to go down the theory route pretty hard when I was younger. Um, but then when I left for, I went to boarding school for high school. So when I left there, um, I kind of just 
I fell in love with the acoustic stuff and the alternate uh-huh. tunings and all the weird sort of chord shapes and different voicings. So I, after that, that was what I was all about. And there's not really lessons for that. That's more just kind of like, you know, throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you songwriting at that point too? Or on the guitar, yes. Like j- like I was writing licks and things like that and different mm-hmm. different songs on the guitar, but I was not writing words yet. I I loved like creative writing and uh, I wrote a lot of like little short stories and then later into high school I got into poetry a little bit more. Um but it wasn't until college that I I really got into the words. And I mean, I've I've just kind of found that whole folky storytelling genre, um, and it just spoke to me so much because it, it, those words were so powerful. It was almost like the music was there to support the words, which I, I had never really experienced before. And then I, I just kind of thought that that folkier music was the way to tie in poetry with everything that I'd been working on prior and. Uh, and it's just been it's been perfect yeah um well i did see i mean just based off your like social media it says that you're a washed up college athlete did you were <laughs> you in uh, did you play the sport i did i did yeah super washed up i played um <laughs> super washed up super washed up yeah i mean i'm just going off what you said on your no profile. no no i am no that's fair. <laughs> that's, that's what it's there for I, I wouldn't dare spread false uh false information but um no i played soccer in college um, oh wow so yeah i played all all through through the whole time while i was there um, so you had to play through high school and everything else like was mm-hmm. i mean to make it to that level that had to be like a five six day a week thing right I oh mean, yeah no it was every day my, or every my day, um, I think. yeah i mean you, you take a uh you still rest but it's like intentional rest you know but that no that was my whole my whole life um Mentally and physically, it was it was all soccer my entire life, and then um, went and played D one and um, did the whole thing, and uh, then the music thing just kind of I don't know. I think my I've, I've always been very uh, I guess spontaneous and and very ambitious, and I think when something kind of presents itself. I, I would be a fool not to take it. So that's that's generally the rule of thumb that I live by. And, um, and then here we are now doing this, you know. Wow. Yes, I was because having that sort of discipline, I know, to, to play at that level, like where, where you just playing guitar and doing the, the songwriting thing, just like kind of as a, a side like habit. Yeah. Type deal. The, the, well, the music stuff, I, I mean, I knew I, I pursued it properly, you know, but it was an escape for me it was definitely a the thing that i did when i wasn't playing shocker um and I, I didn't think i was good enough um to like ever have a career in music you know i thought maybe like music business or something like that but i wanted to play soccer i wanted to go play professional after college and right um you know i i didn't i didn't my mind wasn't really on much else you know mm-hmm. um and then i think um, yeah, then like COVID happened and all of a sudden all of my college was online and I realized that I was just getting so much value out of, um, I don't know, just, just 
committing to the words and committing to the music. And I would just set the lecture up. Not that I'm encouraging anybody to not go to school. You should, <laughs> but uh, I would just set the the lecture up in the other room and, and go write. And I just fell in love with it so heavily. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to sit on the fence with this anymore. If I'm going to, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. And then I, I made sure I gave it the proper okay. uh, attention. So was it then like when COVID happened, was that what kind of stopped your, your soccer career then? Or um, you no, so I, we, no, we, we played through COVID. There were a lot of different like s- sanctions and things like that. Um, and I still have a year of eligibility in NCAA because our season got canceled, um, which was a bummer. However, I, I was junior at that time, so I still had one more year. So my senior oh. year, yeah, my senior year, I, um, I played another season of soccer. So my my career wasn't over over just yet, but um, that was when I started the kind of really pushing for the music. Um, okay. And there was a, an overlap period where I was doing both. Uh, and that was that was not easy, but um, yeah, it was all, it, all worth it. When did the music take over? Was there like a song or a moment or something that had happened that uh, kind well, of take over is that, that take over is a tough a tough word because I I was fully committed to the soccer and I was going to see my degree through. Um, you know, I I wanted to get the piece of paper and I wanted to finish my duties as a soccer uh-huh. player properly. Um, so fully take over it didn't until i graduated but okay when uh, i i like to think that um you know without it fully taking over i still gave it absolutely everything that i could while mm-hmm. i was still in the season and that happened kind of it was 2021 was when i released my first song uh like january of 2021 um and then i signed a record deal in april um, oh, 2021, which was was that with Broken? Yeah, that was with Broken. Yeah. Okay. And, so you um, put that out. I mean, it's that song is a monster. Like, what kind of took it off? That was all tick. That was like prime TikTok when when I first released that one. Um, and I know that's such a it's a special song to me, and I know it's such a special to- song to so many people, which is awesome. Um, and I think we've kind of come a long way from that both in the writing yeah. and the style and also just socially speaking, like uh, TikTok is s- significantly more saturated than it was then. And it was also <laughs> kind of like, you know, that song came out in a time when everybody was stuck inside and everybody was feeling it pretty right, heavily. Right. And so I think that song just kind of put a voice to this situation, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what I think folk music does. Um and so now doing what I'm doing now, it's like, I think a lot of people get stuck in trying to have that happen again, like go hard on TikTok or go, you know, crazy trying to reach people via this platform or this platform. And, um, but I, I think that's not the reason why I think it got lucky because TikTok was so <laughs> fruitful. Um, but I think the reason why that song landed is because it was reflective of what was happening yeah the time collectively yeah sure so like you was that i mean to put that out and have to be the first song you do and was it one of those things where you, you had put it up on tiktok or something and then it just like starts going viral and you're like oh my gosh like what is going on right now like that must have been a wild kind of moment yeah that was that was absurd i still think that was absurd <laughs> i mean i i have never 
Um, huh. Yeah, I mean, I like for example, the song, my song, "The Roads." Um, it does. It's my number one song now. It does better than "Broken" every day, um, uh-huh. which is awesome because that's your which new, is amazing. It's record, amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, which is great. But also, um, you know, it didn't even didn't even come close to the kind of like virality that "Broken" had. It was so weird because it happened so fast it was in the matter of like a few days you know i went from zero views to two million views and then zero for like 10 100 followers to like hundred fifty thousand followers and then after that it was it just kept going it kept going and um i felt a lot of pressure to finish that song the right way and fortunately yeah, it came out it came out great um but yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. But uh, like you were saying earlier, it's like, then do you what chase that? You know, are you like, okay, well, that worked. Like, I got to kind of stay in that lane. Or I've uh, had other, you yeah. know, I've, other artists I've spoke to that kind of had like a moment, like a TikTok moment, like like M. Byhold, for example. Like, she yeah. had a big moment on TikTok with a song, and then it was like, uh uh-uh, like, what do I do? Like, I'm glad, you know what I mean? Like, do you try to keep yeah, no, chasing I, that? M, M is a, a friend of mine, and I, the, that experience is not unique to anyone like that. That is exactly what everybody feels. I think who came up, especially then. And even now people who didn't come up that way, um, who are posting something and you get like a tiny hit of support on Mm -hmm. one specific style. And you're like, I guess this is me now, you know, because it's like all this, this external validation at your fingertips that happens so quickly. Um, But the way that I, look at it or that I've settled it in my brain is like I was lucky enough to kind of be gifted an audience um, people there to receive music and receive Mm -hmm. my words via TikTok and that happened very quickly and I definitely felt the pressure to follow that up with similar something similar or to you know stay in that lane or find my sound quickly because it happened so fast and all this stuff but the truth is is just it, it it's a gift to have people there to listen in the first place and i think what you do with that is entirely up to you after that point so to me i got gifted this wonderful group of people that was there to support me and to to open their ears and from there it was like hey you know mutual understanding this happened so fast bear Mm -hmm. with me while i figure it out i'm gonna keep giving you guys music um but you know, I'm gonna really hunker down over the next couple of years and and hone in on that sound that feels authentic to me because you hear it in the music if it's not. And so I think the um, you know, with this project, this is the first, the one that I just put out. Mm-hmm. That is it, I think it solidifies kind of my my spot in the the sort of sound um sound bank, you know, of like where what kind of stuff people would expect from me. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a really good feeling because it's something that I've I've dealt I've I've had to face the pressure of for a long time and now, you know I feel so comfortable and confident in doing what I'm doing. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, to just because you have the eyes on you due to one song doesn't mean that people are going to stay or like they'll continue to care once you put the next record out. I mean, and your songs just continually did well. Like so, obviously. The validation there of like okay this wasn't just like a fluke moment you know the next song i put out I had a bunch of you know kind of continued with with that momentum which is huge because you'll hear other yeah. artists that'll put out the next song and then it'll like no one will care right and then they're just yeah. gone 
I mean, that's like the continue. that's like the the worst nightmare, you know. But right. I think I think really it's and I don't pretend to know what the answer is. I think a lot of it is luck and you know the songs that people skill. put out. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. But I mean, as far as how it's received, because I think you know people some of the stuff that people put out that you said that like somebody might it might seem like nobody cares about is still an amazing song and it's still something that they've done so so well um and just for whatever reason it doesn't connect the way before sure. and I, I think when that happens because i've had songs that haven't done well you know and if i put it out <laughs> or well relative to the other ones at least um mm-hmm. and the way that i kind of put those in perspective is just that one didn't work let's try something else and and i think this job is like the most special job on the universe because it's not only is it something where you you get to really connect with people and bury your soul but it's also the only job i know of in the world that you have an opportunity to change your life every single day and you just never know you just go into a room and make music and any line any day any moment second could be the reason why your life is drastically different the next day i think that's that's amazing yeah no i've never heard anyone put it that way that's so true so true um you said you got signed like in april after you know you put out the song (laughs) in january and then you get signed in april and then are you 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 eventually put out uh georgia got colder and with that record are you going on tour or like what's kind of are they putting you in writing rooms with people like after that, that after georgia or, or like even before that yeah like after you get signed it's like okay you're i have you know i had this big record and i'm getting signed to a, a record label like this is pretty quick i mean within four months right and then are they kind of helping you navigate the industry or like what was that yeah like? yeah i mean they were they were wonderful I, we we vetted the crap out of our team i think and um that was the most valuable thing we ever did um because i i trust everybody really wholeheartedly uh, on my team and i think that's kind of a rare thing believe it or not but um yeah, yeah no i i had no idea what i was doing when we i still don't have any idea what i'm doing but i you know i'm just like a slightly slightly more slightly less nonsensical perspective but before uh-huh. i was just a kid i was just a college kid you know i was right. playing on a soccer team and um so a lot of that period in april I, I i got signed in april and then i graduated in december so that whole i graduated early and that mm-hmm. whole period was a lot of just like figuring i was a lot of talking you know like a lot of just sort of strategizing and trying different things and seeing what we like and learning um and I was fortunate enough to be able to do that while still in college and getting my degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but the moment that I graduated, it was like a month after I graduated. It was like a month after I graduated. Uh, sorry, this is an no. uh, <laughs> I didn't even hear it. I went on tour uh, with Maisie Peters, which was like, we were playing, that was the first time I'd ever played live. And um, ever. Oh, I, 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 like, well, right. I had played... Um, like guitar before live but i had never actually gone up and played my music or sang or anything like that i didn't know how to you know run a show or anything and um like the first you know 
two shows in, we're playing like a thousand, nine hundred thousand cap room, something like that. It's just, which is a lot more people than you would think it is for having not played. Oh yeah, that's huge. That's like, um, yeah, exactly. That's massive. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, but that was awesome. And then after that, uh, I just kept uh, kept working, and then that was when I put uh, Georgia uh, Colder out, and. Um, yeah, now now started making this stuff. Yeah, and then so you yeah you just put this out on Friday. Tell me about going into this this project versus the other one. Like, was this a whole, whole lot different, or was it just like okay, I'm more experienced doing this now? I mean, you said that. Yeah, I, I mean, like I now just, it's like you have your voice, or you, you kind of found yourself, right? Yeah, that's that's really the songs feel comfortable for me, and in, in a way that like. Uh, to be honest the writing is a lot of it is uncomfortable it was not easy for me to say a lot of that stuff and i think that was a testament to where i i i grew as a writer was just um started saying the things that were hard to say and then the actual musical side of it i really spent the year honing in my production because i found that i was just kind of facing so much resistance and trying to convince producers and writers to write my way um, and trying to like, you know, that's what I would spend time doing is just like fighting this, these suggestions that would take it away from my voice. And, and I, I completely recognize the value of collaboration. And I think some amazing things come out of it. But I was like, I just, I like my music better when it's just when I can just close my eyes and let it fall out and, and not have to try to convince somebody. And so I was like, all right, this year. I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to write on my own and I'm going to hone in my production skills so that I can just, you know, easiest answer if I can't get something to sound like something is to just figure it out, you know, not send it to somebody or try to get somebody to do that for you. It's just figure it out yourself. So I spent a lot of time this year really honing that in and uh, kind of culminated, especially in uh, the roads and in Save My Soul. Um, just that that production has come such a long way and i'm so happy with it so um yeah and so from here on out um there should be debut album should be coming in, in next year hopefully that would be unbelievable but um working on that that'll be just all all me in a room and just kind of tell tell some stories that's that's what i'm going for so with this EP, was this all, did you kind of do it yourself? Like, is it all self-produced and self um, Not, not all of it, but most of it. Yes. Yeah. There's, wow. there's, um, there's only one co-write, um, and, uh, only one other, uh, there, there was, uh, made up my mind had a, um, yeah, feature on it. someone had a feature and someone else produced that one. But other than that, um, I produced everything else and wrote everything else. And Ryan Hadlock helped me with the roads as well on the production. But um, yeah, that was a co-production. Wow. And doing that, were, were you, where'd you record it? Were you in Georgia when you did it? Uh, with the roads or, or which one? With the roads, like just the, 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 mo the majority of it that you. Um, so I recorded that in Nashville. Um, oh, okay. That's wrong. At my, my nice. Cool. Yeah. I have a, I have a, a split time between nashville and um okay cool now um but the uh yes yeah, so i recorded that in nashville and then uh ryan recorded his parts 
uh, I believe in Washington, out of Washington State. Okay. Um, which is pretty cool. So we did it remotely. Um, All it was, right. It was a blast. And you went into this record like after a trip back home, right? Wasn't that what kind of sparked the... Uh, Ford, or was I reading something totally wrong? <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't take a trip back home. Trying to think if uh, if there was some uh, connection there. I could see if I could find it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, no, I, 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 I don't I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I I, I, I could just be, <laughs> my bad. No, that's the wrong I, information here. I could be completely just misunderstanding or completely forgetting what I did. Uh, but <laughs> okay. This this also has been in the works for a really long time. Like this this um, project, you know, it's not like I just kind of chunked it all together in in a few months. Like this was in a this was in progress for for quite some time. Um, and a lot of it it didn't come together all at once either. These these were individual songs created in different times that I put together for the project. Okay. Whereas the album, for example, that will be made all in one spot. Okay. And all kind of like in one frame of mind, one sitting, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like when you do the different places, like you spark different uh, like creativity? I don't like it, place? honestly. I, I don't okay. like doing one at a time. If if it were up to me, I would do albums Everything. just because like, yeah, there's so I don't I don't necessarily like having to like try to retroactively justify a theme between uh -huh. songs, whereas like the theme of any album that you do or any piece of work that you do in one spot is your state of mind. Like whatever, whatever's on your mind in that period, it's a reflection of like your soul and your mind in that exact moment. So you kind of already have your timestamp on that. And I think, um, I love that. Like I, I, I love that so much instead of having to like mix and match and be like, well, I was feeling this, this day and this day. And I know there's a lot of value in that, but just as someone who, who, loves the the words and the stories i like when they're all you know lined up and i think i get the first chance to do that like properly uh this coming year 2024 amazing amazing and will you i just have a couple more questions i was curious yeah. like, will you do that like uh in the similar way as you wrote some of these songs or did the production on these songs on this ep where you want to pretty much be hands-on and then maybe collaborate with other people, but do a lot of it yourself. Yeah. My, my plan is to do everything myself. And then, um, if I, if I'm like feeling like, um, it needs something creatively or, or like if it's, if it's missing something that I think somebody else can bring out, um, I think that's when I, that's when I'll reach out and see if we can't find something. But yeah, I, I just, I love just locking away in a room and, and just doing it myself, you know? Yeah. I find that I would imagine that being kind of be kind of difficult in the, if you're in a writing room with someone or and trying to explain like, no, I want this. No, and it's, it's no action or yeah. if it's somebody that's been like vetted or has like five hits and you're like, and they're like, it, it kind of being like, I get it. Like you have this resume, but like, this is what I, I want. You know what That I mean? is very true. And I, uh, but the, the issue too, is like, I, I go into sessions. I have total respect for sessions. I especially love sessions for other people. Okay. Um, but I think I, sessions can provide a lot of, especially collaboration can, you people hear things that you don't, and there's a lot of room for really magical things to happen in that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that value is not lost on me. But I think what, what it was for me was just, I was, I could hear the compromise and I was sacrificing the way that I wanted to tell the story. And the way that I was thinking, it was like, you know, these, these songwriters and producers, they're, they're great. And they're known to be great. These people are, they have reputations of being great. They're great at what they do and people come to them for what they do. So if I wanted to do what they do, exactly what they do, then I would just keep going to them. But why not do something that makes me great or makes me different? It makes If I have a way that doesn't sit, a way of talking that doesn't sit right with mm-hmm. producers or songwriters or whatever it is, that's awesome. That's so great because that means I'm doing something different. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's what I, what I want. So, you know, absolutely no disrespect to anyone. And um, I still love working with people. I really do. It's just a different sort of vibe. Um, especially when you're locking in for a project like this album, um, you know, the first album, I, I want to just, that's going to be a, a very reflective sort of um, period for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, and I've heard other people say similar things. It's like, you know, I wanted to, like, there's a reason why, like you have this vision and, and the sound that you want to, you know, get it off and like, yeah, other people have great ideas and have great resumes and have done great things. But it's like you know what you want, and it's like don't feel like you want to compromise yourself or your your art for something. Yeah, like yeah. And then yeah. if it doesn't succeed, you're like, well, it's because I didn't do what I. Like. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's always it's always whatever you didn't do. That's the answer. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much yeah, for doing this today. Um, I have one more question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Oh man, I do. I mean, I could talk forever and ever and ever, but um, my my best piece of advice, I have a few that I like to dish out, but um, one is don't forget why you're trying to do what you're doing. If you're trying to do it to be famous or if you're trying to do it to make money or to please a TikTok audience or to be like someone else, you can be inspired by somebody, but all of those things you're not doing it for the right reasons. And I think it, you know, that requires a little bit more soul searching, but if you're doing music, if you maintain that, if one person hears your music, then you're grateful and you're grateful for the opportunity to be able to make music, to be healthy enough to make music and to give somebody something that they wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. Um, if you keep that kind of center to everything you do, even when it's going bad, it's not going bad because you have this, wonderful gift to be able to do this every day wake up and make this your reality and just try and if it if it fails the the beauty of music is you can just wake up and try again i think that is so you know so cool and the other thing is it's just not that deep that's my my big uh you know i say that to myself all the times i go so far down the rabbit hole of well, this person is doing this or this person left this comment or this person blah, 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 blah. just meet it all with compassion. There, There is nothing that is that deep or, or uh, worth your sort of mental exhaustion like that. It is a beautiful thing to be able to live and to be able to make music. Uh, you know, the aspiring part of aspiring artists is the coolest part because anything can happen. So that's my advice.